ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Close Path Closed Traffic Podcast, an aviation and flight simulation show. Uh, eventually, I'll learn how to talk today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Definitely looking forward to this one, guys. This is uh, going to be one for the books for sure. Um, and, but of course, we can't have a show without my uh, my compadre here, my main co-host, the guy who constantly gets locked out of the FBO. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> your friends and mine, Mr. Mike Salmon. Mike, say hello to people, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when are you going to stop telling these lies about me, man, to these folks? <laughs> what is oh, going man. on, man? Good to uh, get to be here today. It's good to be here with, uh, with Mr. Kerry. Uh, phenomenal aviator, phenomenal journey, uh, you know, through aviation. And we're happy to have him on the show today uh, to share a little bit of uh, insights uh, from, from his side. I know lots of aspiring aviators in the chat, lots of aviators uh, that have actually taken that, you know, initial journey from a discovery flight. And some of you may even have your PPL already. So lots of things to learn here today. You all sit back, relax. The chat is there as well if you have any questions. And uh, let's let it rip, Johnny. Absolutely, absolutely. So, of course, uh, I guess Mike always spilled the beans. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have uh, Mr. Uh, Kerry McCauley on with us. Um, Mr. Kerry has uh, flown as a huge repertoire here, and I'm just kind of reading the, reading the list of me here. Um, starting role in two series of Discovery Channel's Dangerous Flights, almost flown almost 50 types of, of aircraft, 9,000 hours of flight time with almost 20,000, well, actually 20,000 skydives. So um, I guess without further ado, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to introduce Kerry uh, McCauley. Hello, Mr. Kerry. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Yes, uh, doing well, doing well, doing well. Um, well, uh, Carrie, I just want to really, um, really highlight the um, highlight your your journey through the industry. And I think one of the things that really appealed to me was um, it didn't all it didn't necessarily encompass just you know general airline operations, right? I mean, there was. You know, um, just reading your book, with which of course, yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll drop a link here in the description as well. Um, just going through your book, um, there's there's several several occupations uh, that you partook in during, uh, during your career. So, um, I guess the first question I want to uh, I want to hit you with, Mr. Carey, is uh, what really sparked that initial flame for aviation? What uh, what really uh, brought you to the industry? Well, I was, uh, you know, excited about aviation from day one, really. my I'm named after my uncle, Kerry McCauley, who was a naval aviator who flew uh, S2 trackers off of uh, aircraft wow. carriers. And so he was always my hero growing up. You know, it's, uh, you know, the guy's a, you know, a naval aviator. Cool. <laughs> and so, you know, growing up, I was, I just knew I was going to be a pilot. Um mm-hmm. Luckily, my best friend, his family owned a flight school in Anoka County in Minneapolis. Uh, we so we spent a lot of a lot of summer days hanging out at the airport and doing stuff. And as soon as both of us were 17 years old, still in high school, we joined the Minnesota National Guard and went to a uh, Huey Crucci wow. School and started riding the back of helicopters. And that's how I got <laughs> my start in aviation. Wow! Wow! And uh, and I think that's uh, really interesting as well because I <laughs> I started out in the uh, Mississippi Army National Guard and I was I kind of went the went a different route went air traffic control and 
never ended up uh, riding into the back of the uh, back of UH 60s at all. But uh, it, was, it was it was an awesome experience. So um, your time uh, your time working uh, working in the guard did that did that allow you to further pursue to uh, further pursue your dream or was it kind of a you know was it kind of something just to I guess just to uh, pass time, time as far yeah. as exactly <laughs> <laughs> no it, it really did I mean I loved being in the guard you know I got to do lots of uh, fun stuff I was a winter operations instructor and I got to go to Norway and do a lot of cool infantry stuff because I like shooting the guns and making things explode but <laughs> you know most of my job was aviation and I was deeply in it I flew a lot and I was mm -hmm. actually on the track to go to flight school and then one of my fellow crew chiefs came back from Africa one day and I said, what are you doing in Africa and he told me about delivering an airplane that his his father <laughs> owned an international delivery aircraft delivery company and like Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds like the coolest job in the world. Maybe I should go do that. So I did. <laughs> and boy, did you. Boy, did uh, you. It's, uh, you've got a phenomenal story. We don't want to give the book away, obviously. Well, we want to give the book away, but we don't want to give the book away. Yeah, the story. Yeah. You might get killed in the book. You never know. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's, uh, yeah, we got to just watch what we're saying here. But I can say at a high level, it's uh, it's a phenomenal story. It's a phenomenal journey. Uh, you certainly have had your fair share of close encounters. Um, and I think, you know, Johnny and I were talking offline before we started here. We talked about, you know, coming up in aviation, obviously, Johnny started his journey before mine, but he didn't really know that there was any sort of, uh, you know, industry. outfit out there or industry right. out there for <laughs> ferrying aircrafts around. And, you know, had he known, maybe that's a route he would have taken. So, again, you know, that's something that you found out through, obviously, your friend. Other than that, was that sort of well known around you at that time or just, again, kind of fell out the sky? I had no idea. Yeah. Like a lot of pilots, they, mm. they just see airplanes at airports all over the world. They never think about how, how did that get plane there? get here. I mean, the Cessna factory is in Kansas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Where's this plane? How did it get here? Right. <laughs> Somebody's yep. stupid, hey. enough to, stupid enough to fly it over the ocean. <laughs> no. That's me. No. And I think that's to me that was the most intriguing, um, intriguing aspect to your story. It wasn't just one particular type of airplane; it was multiple different, uh, multiple different types of aircraft from multiple different manufacturers. How how does one handle that? I guess being in a, you know, so say for example, if if you know if I'm a ferry pilot, um, is there any sort of training involved, or is there some sort of I guess acclimation period prior to uh, shipping the aircraft? Well, that's actually one of the coolest aspects about being a ferry pilot, in my opinion. One of the things that I mm -hmm. like the most about, well, well, there's two parts to your question. The first part is, mm -hmm. you know, how was I trained to become a ferry pilot? And that was basically, or I went to Orient Air's intensive ferry pilot training program, which consisted of sitting in my boss's office for three hours, drinking scotch <laughs> and listening to him coming out all the different ways you can get killed in the Atlantic. So... I was well prepared before I took off, but one of the fun <laughs> things about being a ferry pilot is I can go up to literally almost any plane in the world and with zero training, I mean, never even heard of this plane before, for sure. Wow. I've never sat in it or seen it before and take it off and fly it around the world. I mean, basically, wow. my, 
my what I do is I'll go up there and because the, the reason we don't get any training is once I show up, that means the deal's already done. The seller and the buyer have agreed. Oh. The buyer's got his check in the hand, and he's not coming with 100 yards of that plane, or the seller, I should say, because if anything happens to the plane, he's got to give the money back. Mm, so wow. he just basically throws the keys to me. So I'll get in the plane, get the pilot's operating handbook out, page through a, you know, a little bit, look for any you know, emergency <laughs> procedures, any unusual um, – fuel fuel characteristics or anything and then mm-hmm. turn to the page marks how to start the engine and <laughs> send it that is so awesome <laughs> no so that's, that's 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 just amazing I, and, and I'm, I'm telling you guys you guys don't have haven't, haven't had the opportunity definitely uh, check out carrie's book uh ferry pilot it's available and available on Amazon. Um, also, we'll we'll post a link in the description. But that, I think that was that was the thing that really blew my mind. It's just I'm like, wow, you know, there's like, you know, no, you know, there's no training. But I think to me, at the same time, um, being exposed to you know these you know multiple aircraft, um, would you say in, in in a sense of a way that that made you uh, that made you a better aviator? Oh, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I learned, you know, number one, learn, learn how to read, read manuals and evaluate systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is you just get a feel for airplanes. You know, you get a feel for mm-hmm. how to keep your speed up, how to make an airplane fly. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't fly by the numbers so much because I can't memorize all the numbers on all these different mm-hmm. airplanes. People Absolutely. Say, hey, what kind of engine did that plane have? I have no idea. It made a lot of noise. <laughs> Absolutely. It went really fast. <laughs> a lot of and, noise. You know, who cares? <laughs> but, you know, but I knew I know what an airplane feels like when it's about to stall. Stalling. I know, if, you mm-hmm. know how steep I can turn a plane. I, I really get an innate sense of what, you know, aviating is. And mm-hmm. that went a long way in the ferry pilot business. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think that's, actually taught enough um just in my humble opinion um i know uh, i went through a traditional bitbox training program and of course you know they teach you to fly by the numbers and you know uh, you should rotate at this speed and this this that best climb is this speed which is all great but sometimes you know i feel like when when at its core what it boils down to is how does the airplane feel because, you know, I think when you move up to, you know, move up with, you know, with the different sophisticated systems and all that fails, you know, um, knowing what an airplane feels like when it's, stalled, when it's about to stall or, you know, uh, unusual attitudes to me, I, I think is paramount in, um, in, you know, one's aviation career that, you know, I really don't think gets hit on. The last time I've heard someone even mention that was a year, a couple of years ago. And I've been flying for over 10 years. And, you know, it just kind of blows my mind. And I read your book, Carrie, and, you know, that was one of the things that really, you know, that also struck home to me. It was like, you know, actually, you know, the art of aviating, you know, and I, I think that's sorely, sorely missed in the industry for sure. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And that you're, you're 100% correct on that's a part of flight training that's being missed i mean they everybody's by the numbers i mean if you ask me what out what airspeed my airplane normally rotates at i have no idea it flies when it's ready to fly i just Mm. um i airspeed indicators are very important don't get me wrong and (laughs) absolutely but you shouldn't be able to do without it 
I literally did my last last year's biennial flight review in an air, airplane with an inoperative airspeed indicator because it was broken. And <laughs> the, the, the instructor said, oh, well, do you still want to go? I go, sure, I don't care. And I put thing with no airspeed indicator. Instructor didn't know who you were. I'm not saying do that. <laughs> By the way. My book, Fair Pellet, is not a how-to manual. I think he, he says that in the book as well. So yes, he does a number of times. <laughs> you know, it's uh, no, phenomenal. I, I think to segue off of Johnny's point, I was going to follow up. You know, I think you really pretty much answered it around. Do you think that's sort of missing in today's industry? Um, at really the private pilot level, but maybe even the, you know, commercial level, right? We've got so much automation out there today. And I think automation is a fantastic tool. Um, it's great in the sense of, you know, being able to have redundancies in the aircraft. Uh, but I think, you know, there are times where certain things get missed or are heavily relied on um, out there today. And I was kind of wondering, you know, from your perspective and sort of the, the ranks and the, the areas that you sort of walk in, do you kind of observe that today yourself as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, today's, today's flying industry and the, the, the CFIs out there who are doing a great job, don't get me wrong, but mm. they're, everything's very regimented. They've got their little boxes to check and they, we did mm -hmm. this and we did this and we covered this and we covered that and they're not getting a lot of the old-fashioned hand-me-down knowledge from the old geezers who yeah. sit around the airport mm -hmm. telling stories mm -hmm. um, and you know and one of the biggest things i think is being missed these days is emergencies how to handle emergencies they tell you a lot about how to not to get not to get into trouble but not mm -hmm. how to survive it once you have made that mistake and been gotten into trouble Right. You know, when you invent, inevitably do something stupid, then how do you get yourself out of it? Or when something <laughs> breaks, they tough, mm -hmm. touch on it briefly, but they don't really cover it much. Um, my son mm -hmm. Connor just got his private pilot's license two weeks ago, and I, oh, wow. you know, oh, luckily wow. he's heard me tell all these stories. <laughs> but I, I've been asking him along the way how his training has been, and the stuff that has been missed is uh, would fill another whole book. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah sure. no it's, it's true i remember doing emergency engine out procedures on the darn check ride and it was like you know a 10 second thing you just wanted to know that hey i was gonna check the fuel selectors check the mags <laughs> check the mixture find a landing <laughs> spot and off we went to the next one so i i agree it's not uh it's not you know hit on enough uh because you know it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when so totally spot on yeah, absolutely. And I would say also, you know, even like, you know, even soft field operations, um, I, I trained at a training program out in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, very, you know, there wasn't really, I can't think of any, any time where, you know, we were, actually had the ability to operate from a soft field. And I was reading, uh, of course, you know, kind of go I'm reading your book. I mean, there's, you know, soft field operations all the time. I mean, especially, you know, if you end up, you know, um, you know if you end up uh, doing skydiving ops or, you know, what have you. I mean, you know, there's, there's certain characteristics that, you know, they can they'll describe all day long in the book, you know, but actually feeling, you know, actually feeling the airplane, you know, operating on, you know, on soft fields, you know, to me is, you know, something that's, you know, not, not really hit on, but, 
Um, I guess uh, just to kind of segue from segue from that, Mr. Carey, um, did the did the did the airline industry ever appeal to you during you know during this process? You know, I mean, you're you know here you are, you're you know sending airplanes from you know across the Atlantic, and you know did did the did the allure of you know your standard commercial aviation ever kind of appeal to you during that process? Sort of. Um, mm-hmm. I never really looked forward to it. Never, never really had aspirations of being an airline pilot that mm-hmm. much. I always assumed that's where I would end up because that's mm-hmm. what happens when you become a commercial sure. pilot. You know, you, you have your first couple of jobs doing weird stuff, flying skydivers, hauling checks, being hauling freight, maybe ferry flying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but eventually mm-hmm. you grow up and get a real job and you put your bus driver hat on and you fly airlines. <laughs> You know, and, and your fun's over and it becomes a job. Um, but I, I was lucky enough to get a, a jump seat in an Airbus back before 9-11. And I thought it was going to be the coolest thing in the world. You know, you get in this big right. airline and it's like being in the space shuttle. It was awesome. You know, they mm-hmm. flipped a million switches and did all kinds of cool stuff and fired up the engine and roaring down the runway like, yeah. <laughs> and for about 30 seconds and the co-pilot who was flying went, for three hours and sitting there going we chatted for a while but it's like nothing was really going on and after i said you mind if i go back in the back and drink beer with the stewardesses for a little bit? <laughs> came back in for the landing the autopilot did everything but the landing and it's after at that about you know if I can find some way to make a living besides this, I'm going to try it. So. Oh my goodness! Is that where the skydiving um, skydiving come into came into play as far as um, once you uh, once you left the ferry industry? It did. You know, skydiving. I, I was lucky enough to get into it as it was changing over from kind of a bandit, a uh, bunch of young stupid bikers jumping out of planes to kind of an industry and was able to start making a living at it. And I figured, you know what, if I can, as long as I can keep mech, I can always go to the airlines at any point, but let's give this a shot. And I was able to keep, keep jumping out of airplanes and making a living and raising my family. And after a while I was like, well, I don't, it, this is the second most fun job in the world after ferry flying. So maybe I'll stay and do this. So I did. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that was, uh, that was one thing I kind of, you know, I was, you know, the course going through and again, guys, if y'all haven't ever have had the opportunity to check out this book, definitely check it out. I know I keep talking about it, but it's literally an amazing book. Um, I think I finished it in a couple weeks, <laughs> but, um, but so if fast forward to today, and I guess we'll, we'll jump back through your ferry career. Cause I really want to know. So, Oh, we have a we have a lot of avid flight simmers here. I'm not sure how familiar familiar you are um, with the uh, with the flight sim industry, uh, Mr. Carey. But um, have you do you have any thoughts on it as far as how it could apply into perhaps one's training, as far as you know, from a proficiency perspective, or um, you know, just a, an additional tool in a student pilot's repertoire? Oh yeah, uh, when I first got a job as a ferry pilot, I honed my instrument flying skills on my buddy's really crappy old Amiga computer or something. I mean, just very <laughs> simple, super basic stuff. 
but it's good training. It's good hand flying training for your instrument rating. Um, I, I did that a lot. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I think is very helpful with flight sim stuff is dead stick landings. Um, Mm -hmm. I was into, uh, I like to fly IL too. A lot of online dog fighting, World War II fighters. I'm big into that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and but when I get when I get my engine shot out, I don't just respawn. I I put it down. Dead stick it. Right. And dead stick it in. And that's actually really good training because mm-hmm. there's a thing. Wow. That, there's guys you know like I train a lot of skydive pilots, and one of the things mm-hmm. that's been killing a lot of skydivers over the years is dead. You know, engine out on takeoff stall spin as the pilot tries to get back to the airport doing the mm-hmm. impossible turn. Right. Wow. And the reason for that is, in my opinion, that most pilots, I should say almost all pilots, have never mm-hmm. had that situation. And so mm-hmm. when they have an engine out and they've got a dead stick it in, they're, they can't accept the fact that they're going to crash. They just can't believe it. They can't bring themselves to acknowledge that. So they mm-hmm. keep pulling back on the stick because up until that point in their flying career – Every single time they've pulled back on the stick, the airplane's gone up because the engine's mm, been working right. and they've had adequate airspeed. Right, and you uh-huh. can't do that when you're dead sticking. You got to push the nose down and keep flying. Mm. And if that means fly it into the trees, then that's what you got to do. You that's can't, what you do. You can't wish yourself altitude. Mm. You got what you got. And you so, got. <laughs> like I had my son, you know, training for his private pause. I sat him down and said, "Let's train some stuff." And I, right after takeoff, I. Kill the engine, okay. Don't die. Put it down in the airport, put it down in the field. I don't care. Just put it down level, not vertical. And you learned a lot from Wow. That. Yeah. No, yeah, no, that's, absolutely. That's not taught enough at all. In fact, I think more so these days, they're teaching not to, you know, uh, attempt the impossible turn. Um, and, you know, that could be detrimental. So, okay, so what are my outs, right? So, and mm-hmm. usually don't they don't provide a lot of other you know opportunities or you know suggestions as to what you know, you know you should do instead. And I think it's not so much don't attempt the impossible turn. It's more about understanding what the aircraft's attitude and situation is going to be when you need to actually make that impossible turn. Where you are in a pattern relative to when you need to make the impossible turn. Usually it's right off mm-hmm. the takeoff, obviously, right? Um, yeah. But I think there are lots of uh, opportunities in today's sort of flight training environment for us to hone in a little bit more on those engine outs, especially those engine outs immediately after takeoff. A hundred percent. I mean, just one quick mm-hmm. thing about the impossible turn. I, 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 ha- I have a hard time talking about it with some people because I don't want to encourage guys to do stupid things, but I think they need to think about <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. This, sure. this blind never turn unless you're below 15,000, if you're below 15,000 feet, just land straight ahead. Just, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do two things on every takeoff. Number one, I do a teardrop. As soon as I lift off, I don't follow mm-hmm. runway heading. I drift to usually to the right side if there's zero wind or downwind if there's a little bit. Not radically. Don't go mm-hmm. heading off an end of the weeds. But you're preparing for that turn. It's kind of like hauling a water skier. You know, engine mm-hmm. outs. I'm already halfway. Th- I've got halfway through my turn to come back in. Mm-hmm. Plus, mm-hmm. even if you turn can't make the runway you're still likely to get turned back into the airport environment which is usually consistent of flat stuff right Mm -hmm. i mean yeah if it happens in nebraska and there's cornfield in front of you fine land straight ahead 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. take off out of Fort Lauderdale sometime and <laughs> think about just landing straight ahead. There's nothing there. It's nothing. Building, so. anyway, all built. That's my impossible turn rant. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 spot on. It's been you know a topic of conversation, especially lately here in the last couple of years. I know AOPA has mm-hmm. covered a few of that and some of the other uh, more. Uh, I guess you can say out there CFIs, right, with their YouTube channels and all. But uh, no, that's mm-hmm. great context. That's that's really great context and great advice. Um, I want to again not trying to give away the book. I want to sort of get into that a little <laughs> bit, right? And maybe Johnny was heading there, but sort of what inspired you, right, to write that book? You know, for the audience. Well, you know, I'd had. I've been lucky enough or unlucky enough to have a lot of really, really amazing experiences. Some might call them emergencies. <laughs> airplanes overseas and managed to survive them. And I would come back from all these trips and tell all my friends and tell the skydivers and my family and, you know, all about these trips. And there I got really tired of hearing the same stories over and over again and say, you know, it's not boring. It's in person. Maybe just write it down so we can know you from afar and, <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of mostly I was writing them down so I wouldn't forget them and so I could pass them on to my kids. Mm. And it just kind of kept going and it turned out pretty good. And, you know, my biggest fear was I wouldn't be a good writer. It sounded like a third grader, but apparently I, people can stand to listen to my voice. And uh, <laughs> it worked out OK. And it's been it's been amazing. I've been I'm completely blown away by by the results of the you know putting the book out there it's been on the amazon's number one bestseller list for yep weeks and weeks and weeks multiple different categories and people keep buying it and sending me get for autograph copies and i'm going to oshkosh again this year oh awesome. oh man awesome i'm gonna have my new book i just finished my second book so that'll be out oh wow yep nice <laughs> very flying book I wasn't out of stories. I just ran out of paper. <laughs> he just ran out of paper. You think that's all that I did that was stupid? Man, I got, a, I got volumes of stupid stuff I did, though. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Oh yeah. Oh the next gosh, book is called this. Dangerous Flights. It's, it's mostly going to be about all the trips that I had when I was on the TV show and all the close yeah. calls there and um, more entire trips that, you know, so you can see what a real uh, entire ferry flight looks like, you know, from start to finish instead of just the the near death experiences. But, you know, it's kind of the whole <laughs> the whole package, the whole adventure. So, oh, that's neat. That's awesome. Yeah, I totally have enjoyed the book. I mean, from the, the oh, moment yeah. I cracked it open, I'll uh, I'll say Johnny was kind enough to buy me a copy and was like, dude, you got to check this one out. Don't even exactly. order it on Amazon. I've already climbed it to you. It'll be there tomorrow. Cracked open the book. And it was during COVID, right? When we had nothing else to do. Um, and I was looking for things to read and things to watch. And man, I was hooked. And I'll tell you, I just shared this with Johnny a little while ago. Opening your book, Carrie, and going through that book was the reason why I sort of got off my behind. Um, I was well out of currency and say, you know what? I got to get back up there. Went out to the flight club, you know, the the, the week after, and um and and went back and enrolled and, and uh, threw on my mask during COVID and, <laughs> and 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 got to get my currency back because you know your your passion for aviation and what you do 
uh, was definitely sort of highlighted in that book in every single word that was written in that book. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely motivated me to get back out there. So thank you. All right. Good. <laughs> I did one good thing anyway. <laughs> don't blame me. Just don't, don't blame me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely, yeah, and that's and I think that was the thing. And you know, I was, uh, you know, when I first saw your book, I was like, man, that's a really because I've always heard, you, you know, you hear about, you know, for time or two, you know, ferry, ferry piloting aircraft. And I was like, yeah, I, mean, I guess I'll check it out. You know, I was, you know, I was still still traveling and. You know, I went through it, and it was just just immediately grabbed you, and you know, grabbed you in a way to where, you know, it's it's easily it was easily relatable. Um, you know, it wasn't a situation to where you're just bored to death. You know, I've read some books, and I, and I hate to say, you know, I love I love the aviation industry, but a lot of them tend to be a little dry, <laughs> and and that was not that at all, and. Um, like I said, I, I finished that, finished the book in in record time, and and just to echo um, echo Mike's sentiment, thank you, thank you, thank you for providing that and uh, and inspiring a lot of us. You know, it inspired me to to keep on keeping on, and um, and I guess you know, kind of segueing off of that, uh, Mr. Carey. Um, as far as was there any any anyone um, that really kind of was in your corner during this whole process? I'm, I'm sure just being a new ferry pilot was daunting to say <laughs> to say the least. But you know, was there someone there to kind of help you know chauffeur you through the way, or uh, you know, just to you know to 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 mentor you through the process? Uh, yeah, I had a lot of guys, you know. Growing up in aviation, that really helped me. Uh, Pete Demas Sr., the you know my boss at Orient mm -hmm. Air, he, I got to mm -hmm. thank him a lot for bringing me along and giving me that opportunity sure. to fly really cool planes around the world. Uh, a couple for of guys sure. at the skydiving school, JQ and Quasi, um, they were, you know, learning to fly at the skydiving school. That really put me on a, a different track than most other people because back then the skydiving i mean it's still that way <laughs> skydiving <laughs> planes are you know they take ever, out everything that ain't absolutely necessary and they're rough and we do things <laughs> not by the book we just it's all mission oriented get it done with a bunch of yahoos <laughs> in the back and it's just it's, it's a different kind of aviation yeah and I learned a lot from those guys, you know, whereas you go out to a lot of flight schools and if it's a little cloudy or a little windy, you don't go. Or just if there's mm -hmm. one thing broken on the plane, it's like you don't go. Like I couldn't remember flying a plane that didn't have something broken. They didn't have something broken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, well, where's the broken stuff? I mean, you know, we jump in planes <laughs> with, you know, cut with trucks and you know, jumper cables and hand propping them that didn't meant, weren't meant to be hand propped. <laughs> Just go do it, you know. And so I, I really grew up in a different kind of aviation than a lot of guys. I mean, being in the army, mm. that was also different. It was just everything I did growing up was just kind of sketchy and out there a little bit. And <laughs> that made me a, a really different kind of dude. <laughs> Got a very, very high risk tolerance, you know. So, 
when I hear guys say I couldn't fly that today because one of my GPSs wasn't working. I like, oh, no. <laughs> now there's clear parts of the airplane called windows, and there's map, and you can just go to that. Let's go do that. I've been across the Atlantic eight times with nothing but a compass and a stopwatch. I think you can go to Alabama. Oh. <laughs> Give it a shot. Man. I don't know. <laughs> and, and that's I think that's what kind of I think that's what blows me away you know with today's aviation you know I've, I hadn't been that you know nowhere near as long as you have been in the industry but I did a little pipeline flying um way back when and you know I mean we had you know we had airplanes with missing it you know instruments all the time you know but you just I mean it had to be done you just sent it <laughs> you know I mean it's the you know got oil in it yeah all right cool let's go and um you know it's 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 it, it makes you you know it makes you realize you know it makes you first when you do have the, all the technology it makes you appreciate it more but also at the time you're not leveraging it so much to where you know it hinders your airmanship Crunch. and yeah. You know, um, yeah, exactly. You know, and now, I mean, what they got 172s now with, you know, G1000s in them. And, you know, Lord help you if you turn turned off the screen on them. I mean, it's like, you know, the, you know, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think, I think what well, Mike, uh, Mike's smiling because he's actually I, flying a, a, a G1000 172 <laughs> carrier. <I'm just> <laughs> like, like, like I didn't start in a steam gauge, but carry on. <laughs> 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 nah, I'll pick at you, man, because I'm jealous of G1000. But no, I mean, it's just, you know, it just goes to show you, you know, it's, you know, I mean, I think it's great how, you know, things are progressing technologically, but I, I, I still think that we, you know, we shouldn't forget our roots. You know, we shouldn't forget what it's like to actually aviate. And, you know, I think as things start to, you know, I mean, you're hard pressed now to find a new airplane without three axis now. And, you know, it's just, it's just weird. And, you know, I think, you know, again, going back to your book, it was just refreshing to read all those experiences where it's just pure straight up air work, you know, it wasn't anything else, you know, they got you out of those situations. And guys, there were some situations, <laughs> but I was like, you're reading, you're just like, Oh my gosh, I never forget it. I was uh, traveling for work and I was, I was reading and uh, I was reading, um, and I'm not going to, you know, give, give away anything, but, uh, one of his trips and it's just you know like you know of course one of the passengers sitting right next to me looked at me like i was you know like i was a patient or something but you know just kind of you know it's just you know those type you know situations he ran into nail biting and, stuff man oh man nail biting stuff <laughs> but yeah it's just it's just it's just it's just mind-blowing and you know that i think that's why i wanted to really you know um what i what, what i really wanted to you know um have you on for it's just to you know to to let the community know that you know you know throughout the all the you know the electronics and the gadgets and stuff at the end of the day you know you still have to fly the airplane and um guys you know again we're gonna have a giveaway um now you know what mike uh we have a really worked up giveaway so if you could <laughs> <laughs> yeah i worked out the giveaway but um uh, read Carrie's book, you know, and just really, really take it to heart, um, you know, as far as, you know, um, some of his circumstances and, you know, apply, I've, I've even applied, you know, 
And again, you know, it's not in the tutorial, and I'll give that disclaimer out as well. <laughs> but you know, just there's a lot of things to really kind of keep in mind, you know, whenever you, you know, whenever you get in the seat of something. But I do want to pick your brain, Carrie. Um, has there what was your most, you know, I guess it could be in the book or outside of the book, harrowing experience as far as you know, moving an aircraft? Because we could you indulge us for a moment, please? <laughs> sure. Um well, there's 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 a couple of different kinds of emergencies. There's mm -hmm. instantaneous, unexpected ones, and then there's the slow motion ones. Instantaneous, you know, getting struck by lightning or your engine dies unexpectedly or something like that, where you're like, "Holy crap!" You weren't you weren't <laughs> anticipating that, and that, like that's that huge shot of adrenaline. And then there's the the slow motion ones where storm clouds are building on the horizon and you've got nowhere else to go and you're looking at your options or your mm -hmm. headwinds are strong and your gas is starting to run low and it, you're just kind of like you see it coming and you don't right you don't have much you know, many options um right you know there's probably the closest <laughs> one was maybe icing up over the alps where it was mm. getting really we're losing a lot of airspeed, yep. and we're in the clouds and ice, and right in the mountainous terrain. It was like this could be bad if we if we don't make it out of this one. And uh, there's one in the new book where I lost. Uh, I don't really want to give everything away, but I had, I had a right. pretty night in a in a in a Navajo uh, over Saudi Arabia a couple oh. of years ago, and with my best friend and. If it was like one of those simulators where they just keep failing different systems until right. you finally die. And, <laughs> and it was kind of like that. Uh, we had multiple failures that were unrelated and unbelievable. Like, are you kidding me? Kidding What's me? next? And we get a letter from the IRS. I mean, <laughs> so one of those nights. Wow. But I love those nights. That's that's why sure. I do that. I I'm a weird dude. I I love emergencies. I love parachute malfunctions. I've had almost 30 of them. It's a great, wow. it's a great shot of adrenaline. It's, you know, because that's what we train for. Anybody, right. almost anybody can fly a perfectly running airplane on a beautiful sunny day. It's not mm -hmm. really that hard. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. we train for is those worst case scenarios, those challenging moments, those, oh crap, what am I going to do now situations. For sure. And that's what I live for. I just, you know, I've trained for that my whole life. I've put myself in those situations on purpose. I mean, you can't really <laughs> do it on purpose because that's kind of cheating, but you know, I live for stuff like that. So <laughs> that's me. I'm weird. I know. No. <laughs> No, 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 that's I, spot on. And, and I think, you know, to a degree, you can do it on purpose. And I think this is probably even, you know, just a, a, a call out to you know, there's nothing wrong with going up with a CFI and practicing emergency engines out or, you know, just certain procedures where, to your point, Carrie, it's not flying a perfectly working aircraft on a perfectly good, in our case, Southern California day, which we have 99% of the times, right? So I think that's actually a good, you know, sort of uh, plug or call out to say, you know, in, in our flight club, they do it all the time. Listen, you know, you got your ticket, but now it's your ticket to learn, right? You're not done. This doesn't mm. mean that you're done, right? So go up with a CFI every now and again and practice those things to a degree. You you can and you should. So yeah. I get it. 
education's key. And I, you know, yes, read my book, but any other book I read, I read aviation books, anything I can get my hands on, because mm -hmm. you never know when you're going to stumble across that, across that one little nugget of information that someday might yeah. save your life. Might save remember, your life. Learn from the mistakes of others. You'll never live long enough to make them all yourself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And li believe me, I've tried. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, let's see. Uh, oh, cool. Mountain Man 73. Actually, we have some a couple of questions, Carrie, if you, if you didn't mind, sir. Sure. Um, Mountain Man 73 writes, uh, uh, shout out to Charlie. Uh, what is uh, Mr. McCauley's favorite airplane? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Uh, I like flying <laughs> jets to go fast, but <laughs> I like flying the De Havilland Beaver because it's you know, I used to fly skydivers out of that, and that's just a big old Harley of an airplane. You know, it starts wow. up with a couple of backfires and a big cloud of smoke, and that's pretty fun. <laughs> but uh, I think my favorite plane's my personal plane was the Beach Queen Air. It's a, the, basically the piston wow. version of a King Air. It's 1960 mm. model, and it's my baby. Wow. 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 It burns we were... all the gas. <laughs> all the <laughs> We were just looking at some King Airs before we started, right, Johnny? Yeah, we're just looking at some King Airs as well. Those yeah, the Queen Air is one you don't don't hardly don't hardly hear no. much of. Yeah. Not that many out there anymore. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was one that was one uh, one manufacturer I'm just I'm a huge fan of as well. Um but as as far as the beaver, uh, Mr. McCauley, um, any uh, any any interesting uh, tidbits from flying? Because I, of course, you know we you know closest thing I've gotten to one is in the sim. But <laughs> but um, any interesting uh, nuances with the beaver? I, I know, of course, the uh, the radial engine just can't beat the uh, just can't beat the sounds and the acting the ambiance from it. But um, is, it, is it pretty pretty easy to handle as far as uh, flying characteristics go? Yeah, it's not too bad. You can get her flying really slow, which is kind of fun. Um, you can <laughs> just sit there, get in a nice little headwind. You can just hover it. Uh, wow. When you land it empty, which we always do flying skydivers, and all my beaver time's mm -hmm. on wheels. Uh, you can't chase <laughs> the bounces. I do wheel landings on it, and if she bounces, don't fight it. Just let it bounce. Keep the wings low. Let, let it just let the bounces get smaller and smaller. Wow. Uh, and you can. You can really stand on the brakes too. You can get that tail up and just kind of honk <laughs> on the brakes. But a friend of mine did put it on its nose. He taxied really? too fast and got wow. a tailwind gust, and he ended up uh, making it look like a lawn ornament. But <laughs> holy, holy smoke! And so, as far as us going back to your skydiving as well, I think that's just as interesting as interesting as all get out. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we got another question here because I don't want to dive into that. So again, uh, let's see. I've searched high and low for ferry jobs and came up with zilch. Any tips on how to get involved? Boy, it's it's really tough these days because the mm. insurance industry. You know they they won't insure you, especially for international stuff like for an ocean crossing, unless mm -hmm. you've already made one. And how are you supposed oh, to wow. make an ocean crossing without getting a job? Without getting <laughs> a job, right. Well, it's kind of a catch-22. There are a couple of companies out there that do hire ferry pilots. They're usually pretty full, and they're usually looking mm -hmm. for a lot of experience. 
-hmm. what the best way to get into it these days is to kind of start your own company, deliver locally around the U.S. and Mm -hmm. build up your time, build up your experience in different airplanes. You know, that's the other thing that they're going to want. They say, okay, do you got any Mooney time? You got any Mm -hmm. Cherokee 6 time? You got any TBM Mm -hmm. time? So try -hmm. to get even a little bit of time in as many different planes as you can. So at least when they ask Mm -hmm. if you got any Mooney time, you can say, sure. It's only 0.2 hours, but I have some. (laughs) Right. Wow. That's and that's that's actually a really good question because Lord knows, I mean, wow, I mean, that, and that was the thing, and, and there's a lot of us out there, including myself, and um, commercial aviation, or you know, and, and that's actually absolutely no knock on the industry. I mean, it's just it's, it's a fascinating career. Um, but if I just had a choice, you know, it wouldn't have been my first, <laughs> I guess you could say. But it was a, it seemed like it was a necessary evil, especially the way it seems as if it's being pitched to us from flight schools and flight training programs across the U.S. Well, you, you know, we, you know, you get your CFI, become an airline pilot, and then you can do whatever, or, you know, you can fly airliners until you retire, you know, and that's, and that's pretty much it. But, um, you know, that's, I, I think that's, that's some really, really good info there, because again, I, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. So, <laughs> you know, starting out. But uh, let's see. And there's another question as well. When you say ocean crossing, does that include island hopping? Um, Sort of. It depends on the islands. Like the Caribbean, it's really not that hard because the islands are, mm-hmm. if you follow the chain of islands down from Florida, Turks, Caicos, Aruba, or not Aruba, St. Martin down there, the you're never really more than 60 miles away from land at any point. And if you mm-hmm. climb up above 10,000 feet, you're pretty much within gliding distance. And so it's not really way the heck out there, like middle of North Atlantic, but mm-hmm. you know, water's still water and still got danger. So. Right. Right. I, but I usually count ocean as Atlantic or Pacific or the Indian ocean, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Gotcha. Absolutely. North Sea. Gotcha. Totally understand. Yeah. And um, actually, and one more thing I actually wanted to touch bases with you on, uh, Mr. Carey, Um, regarding the Discovery series, which I I actually had to go back and uh, go back and watch a few, a few, a few episodes as well. Um, Discovery Channel, uh, Dangerous Flights. Um, How did that end up? becoming a thing that someone just re- someone reach out to you and and um set that up because it was it's an amazing series if you guys have, haven't checked it out um i just got lucky i happened to be it was right after i bought my queen air and somebody mm-hmm. told me hey have you been on beach talk which is a beachcraft owners and enthusiast chat room basically you know web right you know, uh, website and Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been like, like the first two days I was on there, I saw Discovery Channel looking for ferry pilots for a new series. I went, oh, I'm a ferry wow. pilot. I, I'd like <laughs> to be on TV. <laughs> and uh, I sent them an email and they sent back and I did a Zoom interview and they liked me and away it went. And uh, away it, went. It, was, it was an wow. amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. I had retired wow. pretty much from ferry flying and it got me back into it. And I'm, I'm doing it again. 
thought, I, I thought I'd quit that, that single engine over the Atlantic uh, habit, but see, I've got this this medical condition. It's called can't say no itis. And, you know, I just get talked into the dumbest stuff. So, well, there I am once again. Only this time, if you make any mistakes at all. A million people get to see it, which is always kind of intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Holy uh, cow. Just some logistics, Johnny. So uh, the giveaway function, uh, we still need to figure mm -hmm. that out here on this. So what we're going to do is, you know, if you've enjoyed the show, obviously, go ahead, head over to our Facebook page. Uh, there is a post regarding uh, this live show and all about Kerry's book there. Comments. Uh, in the post about your favorite part of the show and uh, you'll be entered for a chance uh, at uh, the book here that uh, will be given away. So uh, head on over to the close traffic podcast. We have it in a link there, uh, Facebook page. Absolutely. There you, there you have it. Cause we're never organized as close traffic podcast. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> awesome. Uh, Mr. Carey, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. This is something I read your book last year. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this gentleman on. <laughs> so, um, again, the absolute pleasure. Um, again, um, you know, can't I can't really thank you enough for you know coming on here and you know, sharing your insight, sharing uh, sharing some of your knowledge as well. Um, again, guys, you know. Make sure uh, you check out his book, Fairy Pilot. Um, it's, uh, it's available on Amazon as well, and we'll uh, we'll post a link uh, link in the description. But uh, but Mr. Carey, any any final final words for for the audience, sir? Uh, I hope your luck bag is as deep as mine was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, stay tuned for my next book, Dangerous Flights. It's going to be available probably next month, and. Also, yes. you know, if anybody wants uh, signed copies, they can go to my website, kerrymccauley.com, and I'll dedicate one right to you and ship it right out. So, or Amazon, either one works. But really appreciate having you guys having me on tonight. It's great. Love awesome. Likewise. For sure. Pleasure is all ours. Mike, what you got, brother, other than your G1000? <laughs> You're funny, man. <laughs> you are funny. Uh, no, it's uh, Carrie. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for dedicating some time to us today. Looking forward to that. I had no idea you were writing another book. So, certainly looking forward to that one. And, uh, like I said, guys, for those that uh, want a copy uh, as well, our free copy. And then also you can head over to uh, Carrie's website for a signed copy from him. Uh, head over to the Close Traffic Facebook page, comment uh, your favorite part of the show. Uh, what you thought was uh, pretty interesting uh, from Kerry's sort of uh, <laughs> explanation as to how he got into some of this stuff here, and um, we'll we'll enter for your chance to uh, to win. So appreciate the time, uh, John. Thanks for stopping by, Chief Simpod. Thanks for stopping by, Mr. Dave. As usual, uh, Charlie. What else can we say about Charlie, man? Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and everyone else that, uh, you know, that stopped by today that we might have missed. Uh, we really appreciate the support. Absolutely. Awesome, guys. Well, again, uh, thank you to, to Mr. Kerry for uh, for spending some time with us. And to you guys out there, thank you all for swinging by and uh, spending a little time with us. And uh, guys, keep the blue side up. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you. Mike, we'll see you.